Welcome back to another episode of CCW Insider, where you hear about the matches and stories from wrestling's last territory, Coastal Championship Wrestling. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database track pro wrestling around the world. In episode number three, I'm talking with legendary vampire warrior Gan Grell. He's going to be facing Jacob Batu at this weekend's St. Lucie Showdown in Port St. Lucie, Florida. But before we dive into that interview with Gangrel, I'm once again chatting it up with the CCW Executive Director Nelio Cuomo Costa to talk about the match that he says is the most anticipated rematch in CCW history. That's the Samoan Werewolf, Jacob Batu versus the Vampire Warrior, Gangrel. I'm here with CCW Executive Director Nelio Cuomo Costa, and we are just days away from the St. Lucie Showdown, where the Vampire Warrior Gangrel faces off with the Samoan Werewolf Jacob Fatu in a no disqualification return bout. Nelio, I know you can say this about some matches. Seems like every single weekend at CCW, but yes, big fight. Well, we had field. a week off. We had a week off this weekend. Thank God. Everybody, we good Friday, good Easter, great Passover. But now we're just reloaded. We had a double shot a uh, uh, week and a half ago now. Uh, uh, that was amazing. Bash of the Brew, Miami Brewing Company, those are monthly shows. We had them together. It was crazy, but it was good for us to, to rest ourselves, <clears throat> rest my voice a little bit. <laughs> you know, I've been yelling at everybody all day. Rest ourselves a little bit, but then we just were ready to go, reloaded already with one of the most stacked shows uh, in CCW history, we have the most anticipated match uh, return with uh, uh, Gangrel Fatu. We have Ashley uh, Diem Boyce uh, versus uh, uh, Kylan King for the CCW Women's Title. So just a week and a half ago, Marina Tucker and Kylan destroyed it in a steel cage. One of the most, like the most uh, brutal women's match uh, in CCW history. Probably the best one in CCW history. Roma and um, Chrissy Jane's have an insane match as well. Really, really good match. But the, the the cage match had to you know top that just with you know the people and the atmosphere and 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 Kylan bleeding and and all that and then all that type of stuff. So um, now Kylan will have to defend against you know Ashley Dean Boys, one of the top uh, independent women's wrestlers in the world. It works a lot for all elite wrestling. You saw her in WWE uh, WrestleMania weekend, um, you know, doing some extra stuff. Uh, but she's just a physical specimen. So that those are the two huge matches. And then, of course, Cha-Cha Charlie defending the uh, CCW heavyweight title versus, you know, just wrestled in New Japan, Andy Brown, the, the thick boy, uh, amazing wrestler. So uh, those are the, those are three huge uh, uh, matches, uh, but it's really just the beginning of what is what is going to be an amazing show. But right on top, Fatu, Gangrel 2, no DQ, April 22nd. I love it. <laughs> That St. Lucie crowd is very lucky. I'm glad to be part of that crowd. You know, it's yes. across town from me. But I mean, we got Moose and Rich Swan last summer, yes. and like, so these are like big fights that we're getting. Um, big building, big yeah. building, big fights. You know, you we don't like, you know, uh, uh, some independent wrestling companies they run four or five times a year in one big show. We run monthly, weekly, but we run St. Lucie like it should be run. Port St. Lucie is a wrestling town. There's wrestling people. So every two months we're there with a huge main event. And that's why you, you guys are a little bit spoiled uh, to see some of the best of CCW. But you know what's awesome about St. Lucie? You guys travel. St. Lucie crowd travels. They go to the brewery now. They go to Melbourne. They go to Ocala. We had four guys that were uh, 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 St. Lucie guys. They're always in the front row of St. Lucie cheering us on in Ocala last time. So you know what? You deserve it. St. Lucie deserves it. 
Well, thank you. <laughs> so I asked Gangrel from his point of view as a wrestler why he wanted to take the match with Fatu to begin with. I and I'm and, and so so stay tuned, you'll get that answer. But I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> but you as management, why did you want to why what, what was it about Jacob Fatu as he's the guy I want to bring in to fight Gangrel? Uh Jacob, we've had discussions uh previously, as MLW uh, uh heavyweight champion for so long. He's a freak of nature. He's, uh, um, I mean, it's funny because you look at that like Samoan family, you know, with obviously with, with, uh, with Rikishi, um, you know, on his side. But if you look, if you open it, you know, widespread, uh, <clears throat> obviously you have the Rock, obviously you have Roman Reigns, you have the Usos, right? Jacob Fatu, as a technically speaking, I would say him and Meng. Like uh, uh, when it was uh, um, uh, the head shrinkers, Meng, uh, not Meng, sorry. Uh, 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 oh, uh, Samu. Samu. When it was the head shrinkers, and and when there was the, when when uh, Samu and Fatu, the, those two moved so well. And when I see Jacob, I see prime head shrinkers. I think Jacob, technically speaking. Uh, you know, Umaga, obviously amazing, but the guy who, who wrestles that Samoan style the best is Jacob Fatu. And I know whatever the reason why he's not in the WWE, I know there was a ton of interest in him in the WWE, but what their, their losses are gain and his MLW's gain. Uh, so Jacob Fatu was a no brainer. And then the fact that Gangrel, the vampire warrior is his mentor, you know, he was trained with, uh, uh, at Knox Pro, where Gangrel was an assistant trainer, and there's an is a great interview where uh, uh, they were asking uh, Jacob about, oh, your father, your uncles, uh, who you know, who's the one who trained you the most? And he said, David Heath, the Vampire Warrior, Gangrel. That's the mentor, and Gangrel sees uh, uh, Fatu as his as his star pupil, his protege. Um, and uh, say what you will about that, there's always an underlying uh, story there. You know, that being said, Gangrel now is a, a, he's a competitor for MLW as well. Uh, so they see each other a lot more often. Dave has a little bit of a backstage role in MLW as well. Uh, but that being said, um, they have an amazing chemistry. You can watch it on the previous match, but you're going to see some insane stuff. No disqualification. That will main event uh, Saturday, Friday, April 22nd in uh, Port St. Lucie. But yes, that's that's it. But this will not be the last time you see Jacob Fatu. Uh, we have long-term uh, plans, you know, until he signed with a company that will not allow us to work with us. Or if he signs with us, we're growing. Who knows? Maybe go. we take Fatu away from MLW. Uh, uh, just kidding. Don't, 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 don't even hear that. Uh, uh, you can hear it. I'm just kidding. But the, the point of the matter is uh, we have we love Fatu and we want, we want him long-term. Okay. We'll be... No matter the outcome uh, of this uh, Friday, he'll be back. All right. I need to cut off Nelio right there. We still have stuff to talk about, including Kylan King's big title defense at St. Lucie Showdown. But I think at this point, let's send the interview over to the Vampire Warrior Gangrel. We'll talk to him, and then we'll get back with Nelio Como Costa. I'm talking with the legendary Vampire Warrior Gangrel, who faces off with Jacob Fatu for the second time in a no-disqualification match on April 22nd at St. Lucie Showdown. Thanks for making the time to us, and welcome to CCW Insider. 
I don't know what's harder to say, the St. Lucie Showdown or Gangrel. They're both tongue twists, especially if you have fangs. I took my fangs out so I wouldn't spit all over the screen when I talked to you. Plus, I'm in the uh, CCW office. It's so bright, i got to wear my shades in here. These days are bright. You, you can see the walls here. You can see all the dates and the shows they got coming up. But, but yeah, uh, Port St. Lucie, the 22nd, coming up. That's the, the next big showdown with Jacob Fah, too. I'm looking forward to it. He drew, uh, I feel like Rambo. He drew first blood, Colonel. You know, I'm coming after him. <laughs> that's a... Uh... I don't think that's common for a match with you, right? You're the one who should be drawing blood first, right? You would think, you would think, but I'm a vampire that tends to bleed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Must be the soft skin in my old age. <laughs> so uh, the big return match is coming up this weekend. People can watch a live episode 79 to see your first match against Fatu. So this one coming up is is a grudge, right? It's a no DQ. Um, but I wanted to ask, what was it about Jacob Fatu the first time around that made you want to wrestle him to begin with? Well, what made me want to wrestle him to begin with, and, and I thought, you know, uh, he, he was a former student. I trained him. I helped train him. I was a big part of uh, coming up. We trained at Knox Pro. Uh, the, I opened up with, with Kishi, and then my, actually on my birthday, February 16th, I don't even know how many years ago, about in California. And uh, so Jacob, I trained Jacob there, so he was, he was, he was a former student, so I was looking forward to it and everything, and then um, he went a little bit savage on me, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Vampire Warrior versus Samoan Werewolf, uh, yeah. it sounds like it sounds like a, a bad horror movie. Bad <laughs> horror movie. Sci-Fi Channel presents Gangrel the Vampire Warrior versus the Samoan Werewolf Jacob Fatu. It's our first <laughs> blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, I believe it's a no DQ. Uh, and I believe I'm the one that opened my mouth for that, and they're probably going to regret that because I'm the one that said, whatever it takes to show up back here, you know, no, no, be no DQ and whatever because, you know, I, I believe uh, he got disqualified. He, he had shoved the referee or he did something of some kind of nature, and, and, and people tried to hold him back and threw a few of the young students to the ground. But um, looking forward to it, and uh, it should be, a, as JR would put it, a big slobber knocker there. <laughs> it should be a slobber knocker. Well, right after the match concluded, uh, you know, you had even stood up in the ring and you were like, Randy Ellard, why did you stop this match? And I think it's, uh, it was kind of an interesting thing, right? Fatu was headbutting you repeatedly. Yeah. And, yeah. and I guess, I don't know if the referee was trying to check on you or whatever, but that's when Fatu shoved you. But headbutt's legal, right? So I guess, you know, your well, question's uh, valid. <laughs> it, it, it is repetitive headbutts while you're holding the hair legal, while you, while oh. you have the hair. See, now pulling the hair is illegal, so that, that could be the, the loophole in the Randy Eller situation. Let's not turn it into an a X-Files series here and, <laughs> yeah. uh, trying to break it down to why, why that happened. But, uh, yeah, I think maybe that Randy seen blood. And then it, it, I was bleeding. Before Fatu shoved him the first time, and Randy might have just been concerned for my health and, and whatnot. And then uh, with him holding the hair and then repeatedly headbutting and not letting Randy clear it out to see what the situation or the extent of the injuries was, which it wasn't minor. I mean, I've been busted open by headbutts before and, and whatnot. It's just part of the game. It's not ballet. It's it's, it's a violent battle, you know. Um, but but that that's probably in Randy's behalf what was going on and and, and his eyes is an official. So. Uh, I won't bury Randy too much for that. I wasn't happy that he ended it because uh, I felt like uh, there was a lot more fight left in me, that's for sure. I may be, may be on the other side of 50 pushing that needle, but um, I'm still pushing the needle, though. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
So, you, you know, you, you immediately asked for the rematch. It's coming up. It's no DQ. I was talking with uh, Kylan King last week, and uh-huh. she'll be facing Ashley Dembois on the same show. Uh, and they've wrestled each other before. So I asked Kylan, what's the difference when you face someone for the second time? And now you have this background of with, with Jacob Fatu of, you know, training him and everything. But this will be your second go around. So what's different um, – this time in terms of, I don't know, strategy or, or, or whatnot. Well, you know, as you, as you mentioned, I trained him. So going into the first one, I, I pretty, I was aware of his uh, basics and his foundations and always he sound like that, but uh, he picked up a lot of tricks on the road under uh, Sheik and, and all those guys in MLW and whatnot when he was in that Contra deal, which, which he's no longer a Contra, but, but he picked up a lot of like, savagery more more dirtiness you know more more um just mean just 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 you know he wasn't like that when i was training him he was a yes sir no sir yeah unk type of thing and then um now it was just like you're going to war you know it's like man like yeah you know there's no there's no more yes sirs and no sirs it's just like hey i'm gonna take you out before you can take me out so now, uh, I was naive going into that, even with all the years, 35 years of wrestling. I was a bit naive going in the first time. The second time around, I'm not going in naive. So I, I'm aware, quite aware of the situation. You know, it, it, it's black and white. There's no gray in the middle. It's just it's war, and it's just going to be a bloody war, and, and that's what's up, and that's what's going to go down. So it's going to be one. The fans are not going to be disappointed. If, they, if they're up for blood and guts and violence, they're definitely not going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you brought, so you brought up a... MLW and Jacob Fatu, of course, was a longtime champion there. He, you know, recently last fall lost the belt to Alexander Hammerstone, but he was champion there for a long, long time. Uh, And if people are paying attention to MLW Fusion, they saw you pop up a few weeks ago and you had a match against uh, Gnarls Garvin on Fusion. So uh, I guess we will. Another guy that I thought was nice and then he tried to beat the hell out of me. So. Uh, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean, so there's a, there's a couple of things about this that I that I wanted to ask. Um, first, maybe just a statement is, you brought a sickle to the ring against Narles Garvin, and when I saw you carry that thing out there, I was like, oh my gosh, that's a kind of a disturbing and an intimidating uh, visual and thing to carry to the ring. But then you used it. Yeah, I've been handing out tetanus shots for weeks around there. It's a rusty sickle, too. <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, I suppose, you know, lesson learned with Jacob Fatu, you're going in, I, I, uh, you know, I usually spray blood, and it's type of an intimidation factor. So figured you'd come out with a sickle and use that, but uh, uh, not use it, but just intimidate someone with it. But um, turns out that Niles Garvin was trying to beat the heck out of me. He's a lot tougher than I thought. So maybe I uh, picked a trick or two up from Jacob in our match, and then I just broke the sickle out and used it to my advantage. And, and, uh, yeah. and the rest is history. Now, will you be spending uh, more time in MLW? Will we see you pop up more? Yes, I was just out in Dallas and just did the last few tapings. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of strange things brewing around uh, the old vampire world. A lot of darkness still. Uh, it's funny that my path is taking a darker turn, and at the same time, they're just taking a darker turn in uh, WWE. Yeah. So it, it's just weird how the timing of the universe and everything. And I guess we both figured there's no more Mr. Nice Guys, and uh, we've gone a little bit of darker routes. Yeah, CCW, know, I, I still try to stay cramped. I mean, to be honest, I never changed my style of work. Just, just how long I hold the count before I break the hole. <laughs> how long, you know, I, I uh, get in there before I obey the count. You know, 
It's funny that you bring up uh, your your dark return, Edge's dark return, and you know if people are are watching uh, AEW, I, I feel one coming for Christian too. I think he's going to turn on those on the the dinosaur and Jungle Boy uh, pretty soon, and everybody will be uh, Who knows? Maybe he'll end up in the House of Black. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, yeah. given the sickle at MLW, um, can you give us kind of any kind of preview of what kind of uh, weaponry or trickery you might have in store for uh, April twenty second with Fatu? Well, I'm not going to traumatize the, the CCW fans with a sickle, but um, <laughs> you know, if there's anything pretty much laying around that building, it's it's it's, it's everything goes. So, um, you know, I might take a little old lady and beat him with it. <laughs> be be him with her. You know what I mean? Nobody's safe, especially Jacob Fatu. So, uh, uh, so you know, keep your distance. If you're not looking to get mixed up in the action and uh, but definitely come to have a good time. You're, you're not going to sit on the edge of your seat. You're going to be standing the whole time. So um, it should be it should be a blast. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, pain and pleasure go together and contribute to ultimate bliss. And that's my bliss. And I still love what I do. So Jenga Fatu, if you're listening, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Those, if you find a little old lady to beat him up with, <laughs> I think in St. Lucie they're gonna the little old ladies in St. Lucie will love that. <laughs> yeah, well, you more than half of probably my aunts out there, so <laughs> a lot of relatives in that area, so they'll be willing to jump in any action. That's okay. So uh, CCW just coming off of their 18th anniversary, uh, we're a few weeks removed now from the show you hosted at the CCW training facility, but. It was a great night, a lot of fun matches. Uh, CCW being around for 18 years, your affiliation, I guess, is somewhat new, but what's it like working at a place that's right here in South Florida that has so much history? And is that important to you, I guess? Well, sure, sure, it's important to me. I, you know, one of the owners is Dan Ackerman. Uh, I, I, you know, I trained with a fellow named Rusty Brooks and Boris Malenko. Uh, Rusty Brooks was a South Florida staple. Of course, Boris Malenko, Dean Thad, was a world staple. But he lived in Tampa, but he, he trained down here in the weekdays, and then on the weekends, he was back in Tampa. So I trained under them both. And in that group, one of the owners, Dan Ackerman, trained there. So I've known him. This, this has been open 18 years. I've probably known Dan Ackerman 32 years, 33 years, you know? So yeah. so uh, it, it's kind of, it, it feels full circle coming back around, to be honest. And, and I worked for CCW in some of the early years against um the likes of like uh dustin reynolds gold uh he wasn't gold dustin he was just dustin reynolds so i've had a few matches here i've been here before this is where i was born and raised in south florida so so it means a lot to me and i'm, I'm very super happy and blessed to have uh, fallen into uh the arms of ccw here and been taken in and uh this is home now so. sure so C- and ccw is doing things that not many companies its size are able to do you know they're CCW holds shows almost every single weekend in a territory that really stretches from, you know, south of Miami, Homestead's even further south than Miami, all the way up to Ocala and then in Nashville as well. And why do you think that CCW is able to do this so successfully when other companies at size really can't? Uh, I can't think because Nelio has ADD, the other owner. <laughs> I think you've had him on there. I think he. I think it's impossible for him, impossible for him to have one project. So this guy is constantly he's on the move in the hustle constantly. I I I'll get messages like at three in the morning when he's like he can't sleep or he's doing something. So he's he's all over the place. And so like he's, if there's a deal there, there's a business, there's some business to be done. 
he's in it, he's on it, and, and he's making it happen. So he's motivated and driven. Plus, being new into wrestling, everything is uh, fresh and fun for him still. The two F words, fresh and fun. So he's uh, he's just uh, he's all in, you know, uh, blowing his boots up and, and, and running, boots the ground. And uh, it, it is hard. I, I see that it can be overwhelming. Um, uh, especially when they, they got, they have what, one, two, three rings a year, four, five, six, they have like six, maybe possibly seven rings. And, and on some weekends, four of the rings are out busy somewhere. They, they ran one weekend a couple weeks back. They ran three shows in one weekend, technically four, because one show was two nights. Uh, so they ran four shows in one weekend and, and wow. three different, uh, two states, two, uh, within two states, you know, Tennessee. Right, it was uh, Nashville, Homestead, and then the charity show. Right and then yes, uh, yes, and then Cold Springs, yeah, Nashville, yeah, yeah. Nashville Homestead and Cold Springs, yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that could be a bit hectic when they're swapping rings around. You got, you know, you're trying to move talent around, and they want to build within. They want to be homegrown. They want to. Um, they have a training facility here. They want to uh, promote it within, move people up within the school and stuff like that. And that's why the school's here. I mean, in all reality, they can shut the school down. And it just bring in outside talent and make their life a lot easier. But now, you know, he's came through this school. Dan has had the school for 18 years. So Dan really takes pride in, in getting the students trained and watching them come up like uh, for the likes of MVP, you know. And it means so much much to, to Dan and, and, and Nelio, too. So they keep the school going. So they want to build and promote their talent within. So it's just – it could be crazy. It, it, I, I get crazy just trying to think about it and explain it because there really is no – no uh, riddle or formula to the madness of CTW besides hard work and hustle. So, like, and, uh, and, and then, like, Nelio's just got ADD. <laughs> so, it's all over the place. I can see poor Dan pulling his head out, and Nelio's like, let's get it done. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, sure. No problem, brother. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're, they're a crazy mixture of a couple in business, but they're a good couple. So, it, it works for me. I stay here. I run the training facility. I try to stay out of all that other hot mess because I'm still wrestling. Every weekend, all over two, three shows a weekend. Still, I'm here Monday through Thursday, so seven days a week is still my is my life is still professional wrestling. <laughs> it sounds like you, you like you subscribe to the hustle as well. Then <laughs> seven days a week. I, I, it's all I know, but not not that show hustle, not that different. I I, I would still go wrestle hustle, but 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 running a show, it, it it's a lot more. With insurance is this, then you deal with. 30 different personalities, you know. If I go and I work for somebody, I got the promoter, the guy in my match, and the referee, you know. You <laughs> it's go. a tag match with a few other people. But when you're running it and you're trying to book it and promote it, you know, there's no, there's no, no award or trophy. you you got to love it. And, and that's what they have for it. They both, Dan and Nelio both have uh, a love for this. And, and it's good. it'll be successful. Um, I think Dan may burn out. Nelio, I don't know. He's, he's going to run hard for a while. But, but on top of that, on top of all these shows, CCW, he's got two or three other businesses, maybe four or five, who knows? The guy just can't sit still. And a family, and a family. So yes. uh, it's insane, madness, complete madness. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it all. Well, CCW's big uh, monthly show is the first Saturday of every month in Hialeah, <sighs> Bash at the Brew. Um, we haven't seen you you compete there. I know you've been there. I, I've seen you I, maybe around yeah. the commentary booth and, and stuffing, but we haven't there, seen you there. Yeah, there's shows coming so fast. It's just a scheduling thing. Like, like I have shows. I'm booked. I'm booked six months out. I just started turning shows down in the last half of the year because, like, I, I don't know what my MLW shows are. So, like, I know I have dates all the way through July with MLW, and then the second half of the year I got to get out, find out the dates. So, 
So things are just, I'm just stopped and, I, and, and I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying not to double book myself, but a lot of their shows that they're running CCW here are already falling on dates that I have booked, like those Friday, Saturdays, you know. And uh, I think the, the, the Brew shows were on Friday nights, I believe. So a lot of times yeah. I'm out Friday or I'm on a 5 a.m. Saturday. I book, but I could do the shows on a Saturday, uh, Friday night, and I was out on a 5 a.m. Saturday. But most of the time I'm booked already. And that's just, it's just timing, just timing and stuff. But I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to doing them. They're really fun. I attended one. Uh, crowd was insane. Then again, they're drunk. Um, but there's a lot of family too there. So, but the crowd was kind of insane and, and a really, really fun vibe. And the atmosphere is great. Uh, the, the poor St. Lucie show. The atmosphere is great there too. That, that was a, that was a, that was a, a really fun show for him besides getting headbutted to death by Fat Two. And uh, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, but the energy is good. And, and all the shows, the energy is good. Even even when they run. Inside here in the training facility, where it's where they actually did their anniversary show. Uh, the energy, the, the fans are just, they're homegrown and they, they, they come up and they're following the wrestlers throughout their careers. They like attach you. They know that the students, they watch them work in the uh, parking lot telling them where to park. Then they see them taking tickets one day. Then they see them doing security. Then they see them in the ring and they go, That's my guy. I've watched that guy since day one, since he was telling us where to park. Now look at him, he's doing shows. And then they follow him up. As they rise up and, and they gain uh, popularity, and then possibly, you know, a lot of these young kids' dreams are WWE or AEW, you know, some of the considered bigger companies. But um, yeah, a lot of them are, are really content right here because they see the amount of shows that are going on here. You know, sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side. You know, the WWE is going and hiring outside. They're going and searching for talent out, out of colleges and, and on a pro level of other sports and stuff like which. A little bit unfair, but I get it. It, it. It's easier. It's coachable. They're already athletes. But uh, so, but but with CCW, they're leaving an opportunity here for people to work, like the territory days, like this, the last territory they call themselves, where you can work a full-time job. If they really got it under control and they really dialed it in and got focused, they could be running this like the old Florida territory, you know, just just making towns, you know, five nights a week, just jumping in your car going to the gym, wrestling, eating, doing it again and again and again. What better life is that? Because I came in the tail end of territories. I did Calgary, Stampede up there, and then I went, you know, I went up to Japan. Then I was in Puerto Rico for over a year, and then I did Memphis, the tail end of Memphis and stuff like that. So I got a taste of the territories, and it's awesome, and it's fun. If they can pull it together and keep this like that. Right now they got shows all over the place on weekends, but if they can start getting them on a uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, maybe take a Thursday off, we hit that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or something of that nature, I don't know, uh, whatever schedule they work out in the town, or, or rotating towns, it'd be, it'd be awesome, it'd be awesome, so I see a lot of opportunity here, I see even more growth here, um, hell, I even believe they have stuff they're not even talking about, because maybe they don't want to jinx it, or they just don't want to say things, there's a lot more to come, I believe, with CCW, so um, just these, with the towns you're seeing and the schedule you're looking at now, I, I think is uh, actually a minor equation to what the bigger picture is coming. So, well, everybody will have to stay tuned to see you know those things as they kind of develop. Um, now you have you were the trainer at the, at the training school. So, simple question for you: Why do you want people to attend the CCW training facility over any other option? And, and I know the obvious answer is, well, because you're there, but what, what do you think that the CCW uh, training school will offer that, you know, some other training school? Uh, so, you well, in my rants, I said it earlier, like they want to build tunnel within. They have a large amount of shows. They have TVs. They have actual TV, whatever you want to call it. It's, they're on actual TVs, they're on actual cable stations in different countries and uh, new, uh, 
gosh, I believe California or Las Vegas. I don't know. They got TVs all over coming up and more more things. So with all these shows and TVs and different things, what do you need? Talent, right? So, um, you know, they have a school. Dan, Dan's had a school uh, for the 18 years the CCW has been open. Like it's been run from the likes of like Jimmy Snooker was a trainer here at one time, different guys like that. They've had uh, pretty big names as trainers here. So he has a love and a passion for it. So he wants to see, he wants to help people young like him that came in and myself that came in. That our trainers are very, uh, very nice. And we were very fortunate that they guided us through these rough waters to be able to, to be here 35 years later for myself. Uh, wrestling, talking about wrestling, they're still getting to give back to wrestling. So um, when they come to the school, I give them a foundation that it's just going to make wrestling a little bit better. And my, I could be one of those guys that point the finger, wrestling terrible. Everything sucks. You know, I don't know what's going on with this generation. It's a generational thing. Or I could be a guy that's going, okay, I, I could try one student at a time to make wrestling a little bit better. Teach them the traditional uh, uh, background of it, the history of professional wrestling, and give them a solid foundation. They can still go do the style they want, this and this and that, but, but they're going to they're gonna know how to wrestle and they can survive anywhere, you know. So in the whole, it's just going to make wrestling better uh, in the future. And, it, it, and second, it's going to produce talent here. For all the markets that they're gonna have, for, for they're gonna need wrestlers for it, you know. Don't want to necessarily always have to bring outsiders, and you want to help. It's gonna help outsiders. Gonna help help things, but you really want to promote within and keep it a family and keep it a tight knit family. And that's how things run successful. Everybody runs as a unit. Everybody's getting the ring up, the ring down, the trucks loaded. It's in. It's out. Everybody, everybody has a place. Everybody has a job. Everybody has a purpose. No wasted movements, and that's what CCW is. And that's 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 what I want them to come through this school for. <laughs> Now, it's public knowledge that, uh, you know, it was announced right on AEW Dynamite that you are working with Paige Van Zandt. And I want, so yes, I want to yes. ask your thoughts on Paige. Um, Paige, like I, I, I said it in another interview that I was a little bit worried, but when she came in here, uh, she's a tremendous talent. She's coachable. Uh, she's picked up things in three hours. It's taken people three months, you know. Um, she's very coachable, very talented. Uh, she's young. She's pretty. She's got a fighting background. She has a dance background. She has a celebrity background, dance with the stars as well. She was a ballerina and a gymnast. She's got everything it takes to be the perfect package for a professional wrestler. So she has a future. She sticks with it. You know, I don't know what her end game is. Uh, she says that she's very um, determined and this is what she wants. But I, I, I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I just don't believe everything first time around. But what I can say is, like, I'm not saying I don't believe her. I'm just saying you got to really convince me. Uh, you got to put your time in, and uh, so time will tell. But what I have seen in this short time, she has a lot of talent, and, and she, her potential is limitless. Yeah. So, there's probably a 16-year-old kid listening to this, and they're hearing about the CCW training facility. They're hearing about your work with Paige Van Zant, and they're thinking, you know, I'm going to be a wrestler someday. Um, what do you tell them, the 16-year-old kid who's got that vision? What, what do you tell them? What should they do or think about now? Well, I, I think get an education first. You know, always have a backup plan. Injuries, you know, if you, if you were to see me walk around, you see videotape on me. I have no ACL, no PCL on my right knee. It's bone on bone and I'm bowling. You know, everybody thinks I'm hurting and hobbling, but that, this is my natural limp at this point. Um, it's a very physical sport. Uh, you can get used up and, 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 and forgotten, and it does happen. So uh, I would suggest you 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 know, work on having some type of education and, and a backup plan. But at the same time, research your wrestling schools in the area you're in or call in the CCW. They'll help guide you to 
a proper wrestling school because the foundation is really the key of longevity and not getting hurt and, and hurt like that. It's, you know, people don't realize all the falls and the rolls and the different things. Um, that's longevity. That's, that's whether you're going to last or not. When you're doing it the wrong way, your body is, is, is going to fall apart. There's a reason that dudes like me are around 35 years and some of the guys that trained me are around so long is because they were trained the right way. So you want to research wrestling schools and make sure. It doesn't have to train. It doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, a guy that was in WWE or, or, or WCW or been all around the world. But he should be somebody that is respected in wrestling and is still currently wrestling for the most part or involved in professional wrestling in other ways. And, and you know, uh, you'll know when you do your research. You'll know if you find a proper school or not. You ask around, write other people on Instagram, different wrestlers, ask them their recommendation. A lot of them will write you back despite what you think. A lot of them run their own accounts, and they'll answer your questions when it comes to, like, guiding to a proper wrestling school. All right. Well, uh, so so last question. One more opportunity. Send a message to Jacob Fatu right now. What do you want to say to Jacob? That, you know, he's going to see this the – He's going to see this two or three days before you you are in the ring together. What's the message for him? I should put my fangs up for this. One, two, Gangrel's coming for you. Three, four, Jacob, you better lock that door. Five, six, the crucifix. Is it going to help you when I get my hands on you April 22nd at Port St. Lucie? There's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> you can get tickets at Coastal Championship Wrestling, FL.com. Again, that's April 22nd in Port St. Lucie. Jacob Fatu, the Samoan werewolf, versus the vampire warrior Gangrel. And you can follow Gangrel on Twitter at Gangrel13 or Gangrel on Instagram at Gangrel David Heath. Check out Fangin' and Bangin' with Gangrel on YouTube or in podcast form. Uh, anything else that you want to tell people about? No, I just want to tell everybody thank you to all the wrestling fans that are on here. Uh, thank you for all the support. Um, I can't live my dream. I can't put my boots on and go do what I love without you. The fans out there and the people spreading the good word and CCW, same thing. And I'm sure I'm for their half. CCW's behalf. I want to thank all the fans too and all the support and all the loyal fans for over 18 years with CCW. All right. With that said, thank you, everybody. And that's a wrap. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. That was a great interview with the Vampire Warrior Gangrel. Uh, but now we got to get back to Nelly Okuma-Costa. we got to talk about that Kylan King match and so much else. The stuff coming up on a live. Let's go there now. So moving off of, of Fatu, I mean, this is, this is a big fight. But also on the same card, you have Kylan King defending the, champ- the CCW Women's Championship against Ashley Dumboise. Uh, and you kind of... You kind of, I don't want to say you glossed over it a few seconds ago, but that cage match that was at Bash at the Brew to conclude a, a series of matches with Marina Tucker. You know, Kylin was on the show last week, and she said, oh, I, I think I think it lived up to the hype. Was she underselling it? Did it yes. live up to the hype? I think so, it right? It lived up to the hype. <laughs> no, no, no. It completely lived up to the hype. It's, it's so hard to main event at Bash at the Brew. It's so hard, you know. Um, and they, they blew it out of the water. I mean, you have a situation where, you know, we got the, we, we constructed the cage as quickly as possible, but you had a capacity crowd. We had, you know, we had over 500 on a Friday on a different night of the week on a, on the second Saturday, uh, second Friday instead of the first Saturday. So I was a little worried about that, but obviously people wanted to see Kyle in and they wanted to see uh, Marina in this cage. And so I was a little bit worried because, uh, 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 the match beforehand, Cha-Cha Charlie, Anthony Katina got out of hand. They started fighting in the bar. They started fighting in the front. 
was worried that that was going to overshadow uh, what will be what would had what had become, you know, the feud in the CCW, <clears throat> uh, Marina and Kylin. But uh, as soon as that cage was ready, as soon as that announcement was made, 500 people, uh, you know, 200 watched the brawl that happened in a bar up front and into the parking lot. The, all 200 of those people walked right back in that building, and that every single seat was full. Every single standing room was full. And I think what happened was we weren't checking tickets uh, 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 on the people returning because we figured they had already bought tickets. It looked suspiciously larger, the crowd. <laughs> the crowd looked suspiciously larger. So some of you guys owe, mo- owe me money uh, for watching the cage match. So it was amazing. And in front of that amount of people, the crowd was the crowd was completely like uh, it was very it was great it was uh there was uh three or four very scary moments for me as an executive and as someone who you know make sure that we we really care about the safety of our professional wrestlers there's two or three moments for me that made me really think about never having a cage match again specifically at the brewery because the crowd gets so crazy you can see the uh wrestlers uh feeding off of this and they're just doing crazier and crazier and crazier things and then at one point you have to stop yourself and say like this safety of, of these two women, two young women uh, is far more important than like the, the, the joy that these human beings are taking from this and the money and all that stuff. But that being said, uh, it was amazing. So I would say go back and, or sign up. I don't know if it's up yet. Watch it when it, when I, uh, uh, when it officially releases, obviously, uh, cause it is uh, magic. Yeah. I was gonna, I was kind of my next question is like, I know a live is you know planned out for a few weeks, but this has got to be in the queue someplace, right down down the road here. Yeah, right? yeah, no, it's 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 um, you know as now with a television, uh, uh, with our television opportunities and uh, with some new markets uh, that we've announced. We announced a new market last week, and we're announcing a bunch of new markets this week. Uh, Bash of the Brew and uh, uh, Port St. Lucie, a couple other shows because we have a film crew there is not is not. It's no longer like, uh, uh, man. I, I I'll be honest with you. I would I would uh, uh, take the footage home from Bash of the Brew. I'd get home about two o'clock in the morning, and I would edit my ass off until nine a.m. Uh, uh, because I was I wouldn't be able to sleep anyway. I was just so jacked up from what that crowd is doing. Well, now I have a film crew that will be doing those uh, larger shows and editing them. So there's going to be a little bit of a delay because you know, film crews aren't like uh, uh, crazy people right. like me so they're uh, they work on you know human being time you know so that being said it's ready and it'll be out very very soon well that's awesome uh so on the subject of alive last week we had a live episode 82 uh it was some some stuff from the 18th anniversary the good brothers coming to town the, the match was the South American Alliance and T.C. Reed versus Francisco Chiazzo, Reeves Portman, and Noah King? But that's but it ended, you know, with the uh, with the Good Brothers. It was too up, sweet, so. brother. It was just too sweet. Yes. Yes, but uh, uh, what to watch for? What to go back and watch is that uh, Taylor Wolf versus El Jefe Santos. Santos's return. He'd been gone for four months, and uh, came, you know he lost the title in uh, January, and he came back. And uh, or December, I guess he lost the belt. Uh, he lost the belt at some point months ago, and he came back in better shape than I've ever seen him. When I walked in, I was like, "Is this the new Adam Rose? Like where the guy goes away and comes back just too jacked up?" 
I was truly a little bit worried because I, he was muscle on muscle. I said, you know, this is the Santos. Like, though his style was perfect for his body size. I said, he's putting too much muscle on. Um, but th- that being said, no, he put on an instant classic with Taylor Wolf. Uh, and uh, Taylor Wolf, I mean, that's a guy that, you know, has been, had been on WWE's radar for years now. I think he's, I think he's very, I think he's in a weird spot in his life because he's worried that the door is closed or closing, you know, now that they only want, um, uh, you know, professional athletes or whatever. But yeah. again, again, WWE's loss is our game because he is, you know, he could be, uh, he could be wrestling on Monday nights or, or Friday nights, um, easily with his size and ability, but Santos, I mean, is Santos. So that was an amazing match. So that was last week, this week, tomorrow, we're getting the cruiserweight championship. Return yeah, cruiserweight match. championship rematch, charismatic Chris Farrell versus Allen S two S Martinez, uh, which is a wonderful match it was an amazing match. The, uh, uh, amazing crowd energy, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but, uh, uh, there's some moments in that match where, you know, I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to go in there and save Chris Farrow and just give him a big hug a couple of times uh, in, during that match. You know, that guy, he, he had his first big main event match uh, last week as well at uh, Miami Brewing Company. And he stood across from Damian Fenrir and Anthony Katina and he, he, he uh, teamed with uh, Cha Cha Charlie and he looked 100% you know, even though he's a smaller guy, but he will 100% deserves to be there. The charisma of that kid, the heart of that kid, just naturally, um, man, just natural fun kid, man. I love that guy. So that match is a banger, and you're going to see it tomorrow. And then I'll, I have to check what's underneath uh, uh, those matches. It might be a tag match, might be something else. Uh, but uh, uh, it's a banger. And then a week from tomorrow, we have – Oh, my God. Just, yes. <laughs> You have the perhaps the greatest entrance in CCW versus yes. uh, versus Beastman, and I, yes. <laughs> I two great entrances. You know this this man. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're on film, but uh, we had um, uh, uh, Omari uh, uh, Odyssey Jones. And we yep. had a group of NXT guys. I don't know if I'm allowed to even say that because they're not. They weren't supposed to really be there. They they were not. I hopefully they're not on film. And this match. Um, I had multiple guys that work on NXT right now, and they told me that they that's the type of match that they would have loved to work. You know, like Odyssey Jones was, would have loved to work a, a psychopath like Beastman, you know, and then Waller was just a, a, was so impressed with TC Reed, and they were incredibly impressed with um, Jackal Stevens and uh, uh, ERA as well. They had an amazing match there. Oh, that was that, that was one of those things where I know that. Uh, uh, I know because then the, the following week I was at WrestleMania with them. Uh, they uh, they had already put a word in for ERA and, and Jackal uh, at the WWE Performance Center. It's, uh, they told specific people to watch that match. You know. Luckily, it looks like ERA and Jackal are too old, so they're going to st- stay here with us. I'm just kidding. ERA is so young. Uh, 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 but that being said, that's a huge honor. And, uh, you know, I hope hopefully that those guys will at least get an opportunity to work on some shots at... Uh, NXT level up. Wow, what a great show this week. You had both the Vampire Warrior Gangrel and CCW Executive Director Nelio Cuomo Costa on the show this week. I don't know how we're going to top those two guests on the same show. Maybe next week we might just do it. We have one of the fastest rising tag teams in all of wrestling. It's TSF, that's Hunter Knott and Rosario Grillo. 
You know them from AEW Dark, but maybe that's not quite enough. Well, we also have Chase Stevens. Yes, that Chase Stevens from Impact Wrestling. He will also be on the show next week. He's the current CCW International Wrestling Champion. So do tune in with us next week as we bring you episode four with those great guests. Follow us on social media. I'm Minutes to Bell Time on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm also Minutes to Bell Time on Twitter. Be sure to watch a live wrestling every Tuesday on the CCW YouTube channel and follow Coastal Championship Wrestling on Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next week. You have been watching CCW Insider, produced by Minutes to Bell Time in association with Coastal Championship Wrestling.